Open Paddock Rallycast. In this week's show, we review the 2019 Dirtfish Oregon Trail Rally with a couple of previous guests that are familiar with the event but had a very different perspective this year. Karen Jankowski and Preston Osborne are both championship class winning co-drivers took their first foray as drivers at last weekend's Oregon Trail Rally. We chatted about their experience from moving from the right seat to what some might call the correct seat in the car. This show went on a little bit long, well maybe a lot long, so we're going to split it into two episodes. This is part one, and this is Open Paddock, the rally cast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whenever it is you listen to our ramblings. I'm your host, Mike Shaw, and with me is my co-host, who is drunk. Or at least, well, maybe he should be, after the champagne he had over the weekend. Ian, welcome back. Hmm. I was doing fine until you insulted everybody who sits in the right seat of a rally car earlier on. Well, it always says right seat, and so I said correct seat for the other one, you know. (laughs) No, but I am not, I was not drunk, I purposely sprayed that champagne till the bottle was empty so but we can talk about my exploits at headwaters uh headwaters regional rally later on in the in the show because we've got good guests tonight boy we certainly do and actually they're on the show right now we have with us back with us actually from the last show karen jankowski welcome back karen thank you thanks for having me and we have preston osborne preston welcome back to the show man yeah thanks guys for having me back all right so you guys ended up doing the Oregon Trail Rally. Normally you guys are co-drivers. So let's kind of start from, I guess, the, a little bit of the beginning here of what was preparations like for you guys uh, coming into this from the perspective of a driver? Was it any different? Well, I know for me it was. Um, I'm not sure about Preston, but uh, I was really focused on getting as much extra seat time as I could. Not only in the car I was driving at Oregon Trail, but just uh, in a two-wheel drive, uh, you know, uh, car in general. So, you know, I did a bunch of um, rally crosses and uh, go-karting before the event. So, you know, I can kind of build some additional muscle memory and just kind of, you know, um, get back into that mode. And I think, at least for me, it really helped a lot because there was some moments during Oregon Trail Rally where that um, extra practice, I think, really helped. Yeah, and, and my plan was certainly similar to Karen's, but uh, didn't quite end up going that way. So um, we're right in the peak of the busy season for, for me with ODD, and so our turnaround time was a bit tight uh, from the last race, and the car that I was racing was actually crashed at Southern Ohio only two weeks before. So um, oh. instead of the seat time that I was planning on getting, it was uh, wrenching time to make sure the car was ready to go. <laughs> Which is good prep also, by the way. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> That's true. You do end up, uh, well, hopefully not too often, but, uh, you know, there's repairs that have to be done. Maintenance, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But, um, you know, with the guys at ODD, I'm usually 
pretty spoiled that uh, I, I get to be the manager versus the mechanic. And so, um, but, but this situation was pretty much all hands on deck. And, and I mean, hats off to those guys for getting the car ready because we actually had to replace the X in the main hoop of the cage. Oh, wow. Uh, Ooh, in addition wow. to pulling hit. out the inner rocker and replacing the outer rocker, the door, and the quarter panel. So um, it was a little more work than we were expecting and uh, that we usually want to take on. But but they made it happen so that I could actually drive. So did you ever think you were going to make it then? Or um, I, I definitely had kind of plan B and plan C lined up um, just in case something like that did come up. Um, Cam, being the nice driver that he is, said that I cannot use the Subaru, um, which I, I, I don't fault him at all. You know, we're in the middle of a championship battle, and, and that's a risk that uh, really both of us weren't willing to take. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think probably maybe Saturday before Oregon when we still have the body panels welded on. Um, maybe that's when I start to think maybe I wasn't going to make it. Otherwise. <laughs> but it ended up happening, so here we are. And Karen, you actually had some last-minute prep that was still going on with your car too, huh? Uh, we did. You know, it's funny. The, the work list started out as one page and ended with one page, but we didn't make a lot of progress. We kept finding other things. <laughs> uh, so knock one off, us... a new one adds on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, it was kind of never-ending battle. A lot of the challenges, you know, that I had not only before the event, but during was in relation to the 30 millimeter restrictor I had to run because my car is turbo. And even though I have over a hundred rallies under my belt, that's, uh, you know, only as a co-driver and not as a driver. So I didn't have enough driving experience to get a waiver. And so the car, um, did not like being choked that much. Uh, so, you know, we, we did the best we could to make it work, um, and, uh, kind of going from there. So, you know, it was a, it was a lot of, uh, prep and long hours, you know, for, for my team, um, especially, uh, Don and Ken, uh, prior to the event, but then, you know, you get to PIR and you kind of forget all about it. Cause it's, uh, you know, it's, it's so exciting to be there and to make it and, and, uh, all the kind of whirlwind around it. Karen, what was it like driving a car with a 30-millimeter restrictor? Um, I haven't even been in a car with one yet. Is it is it that dramatic of a power difference? Uh, night and day. You know, yeah. I just drove this car a couple months ago at the, you know, Olympus test day. And uh, just the, the difference between that is just night and day. The Dodge Caliber SRT4, um, typical tune on it, it's about 300 horsepower, 300 pounds of torque. I don't know what the horsepower ended up being, but it's – uh, likely probably about at least half. Mm. Um, and it was really noticeable, obviously on the long, you know, straights and Oregon, such a fast event. It, it really felt like you're, you're driving a, you know, a 90 horsepower car. So Hey, hey, take it easy. That's what I have. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't throwing any shade. Don't worry. (laughs) But, uh, but I'm also probably three times the weight of your car. So she, she's very big boned. Um, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, so it was a dramatic, dramatic difference, uh, from a horsepower standpoint. And I think also that caused the limp mode, um, that I experienced on Friday and probably also the, the engine overheating on Sunday. So it kind of had a, a cascading effect. Yeah. I mean, you got to tune for those restrictors. I mean, that's such a big difference. And 
I, I honestly, I didn't realize they were doing restrictors on two-wheel drive. I thought that was just a four-wheel drive thing because so many people just want to hop into a four-wheel drive car right away. It's like, okay, you know, you're a novice. We don't want you killing yourself. But, I mean, granted, two-wheel drive cars can, well, any car, you get enough momentum, you can go fast enough to hurt yourself. But, um, yeah, I just two-wheel drive cars in general, though, you just don't have the grip. So that's interesting that they go to those such extremes. Yeah, and it's it's because of the turbo. Uh, you know, yeah. it is a it is a turbo car. It does make a lot of horsepower, um, and so I get the rule. I I actually don't have an issue with the rule. I um, it just uh, you know I was hoping to get an exemption because right. of my past driving experience, and it didn't happen. And we made it work. So you know, it's a rule for everybody. And okay, fine. <laughs> well, and and I will say with that rule. Um... It's only above a 1.6 liter. So like the turbo Fiestas that we have, uh, novice or not, you don't actually have to run a restrictor. Mm, that's right. a good point, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can see 300 horsepower or whatever when it's full, you know, full chat and whatnot. That, that I guess, would make a difference. You know, I was skipping ahead a little bit, by the way. You know, we're talking about preparation and all that stuff. And uh, preparation for this podcast, I forgot to do our little drink roll call. And that's, that's rather important, right? I mean, that's that's a rather significant part of what we do. <laughs> so, so um, I'm going to start off with Ian there, since he was showing off a picture from uh, his fridge there uh, earlier this evening. Yeah, that is uh, my well. Last when last time Karen was with us, I was drinking a porter from uh, Enki uh, Brewery down the road in Victoria, Minnesota. This week, I've got their Hootenanny Hefeweiss. Or heavy vice, or however you want to pronounce it. It's a, nice. Yep, it's a beautiful, beautifully light, uh, light wheat beer, and uh, it has a an unusual banana aftertaste to it. You think it's you think it would mm. sound terrible, but actually, it's really nice and refreshing. It's one of my favourite beers that I've uh, tried while I've been here. <laughs> well, next time I visit, I'm going to have to uh, try that. That sounds different. As yeah, long, well, as long you... it's good, anyways. I, I'll trust your opinion because, uh, yeah, it does sound odd, but I'll trust your opinion. Hey, it's not as bad as some I've had. I had one. Well, I found one beer once that had like an aftertaste of salami. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. God, that was dreadful. Well, what about you, Karen? Are you, are you enjoying something with us this evening? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Black Butte Porter from Deschutes Brewery out of Bend. I think. Yeah, it is a classic. Today was cold here in the Portland, Oregon area. And so I kind of felt like oh, I'm going to get away from the citrusy, you know, fun IPAs and go more for the Black Butte Porter, which is one of my all-time faves. So kind of, you know, stealing a book out of Ian's page there. <laughs> well, we, we could have had some of that cold weather last week, I think. Oh, <laughs> right? Man. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm drinking something a, a little heavier here. Uh, it's a 16-year-old Lagavulin quarter cask uh, mm. scotch with just a, a pinch of water because unfortunately uh, I can't drink beer so I tend to stick to the heavier stuff in the rare occasions that I do have a drink <laughs> nice well I was going to pull out the Pedalton but uh, I had a nice bottle of uh, falling with Karen uh, there we had a cooler day today stout sounded good and so I've got the Elysian uh, split shot espresso milk stout Ooh, Ooh, I think I've had that one actually that one's really good it's really that is good. a good one mm-hmm wow. So uh, it's kind of a meal and a drink all in one. It's awesome. <laughs> and it will make you too sleepy. because it's milk. That's yeah. right. Uh, it's an, all about health stout, on the show. A milk stout is always going to get my attention anyway. 
There we go. Yeah, that used to be one of my go-tos, uh, milk stouts, when I could actually drink beers. So uh, I, I miss that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you've obviously gone to something that's also quite good, so uh, not too much to complain about there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, let's uh, see here. As, as we were kind of leading up into this rally, the Oregon Trail Rally, um, there was we had this uh, nice little event thing that we did at Base Camp Brewing. Um, Preston, I think you were there for a short bit. Uh, that's where you guys had all at register for recce. Um, now, that was really cool because they had that force majeure hoppy lager, speaking of beers, that they made just for this event. Now, how cool is that? That that was so cool to see. I, I think it was Chris Atkinson's car on on the label there. But um, seeing kind of the the oversized cans of that, and of course on draft, um, you know, it's obviously great. Rally is a passion of all of ours, and so anytime we can kind of get it outside of the rally world and and into the general public, if you will, um, it's it's really cool to be a part of that. Yeah, and it was good beer too. I don't know if you had it, Preston. I don't. It sounds like probably not, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised how you know great that that beer was. I had it when it first came out, and then again, you know, for the for the party, and really enjoyed it. So I was glad that they uh, had it to go. And actually, I brought some home for the crew, uh, you know, since they weren't at the party. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I took a, a taster of it at least. Um, I think my sister, because she lives there in Portland, so she joined me when I went over to register. Um, I, I think that's what she ordered. So I, I certainly took a sip, and and it was good. Um, so it's it's nice that it wasn't just a, a barrel filler of a beer, and that it was actually <laughs> right. something people want to drink. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, what was interesting about uh, going to that uh, th- that event there and the recce registration is. Uh, we were told by you know Subaru that you know the Subaru guys they're not going to hang out there. They've got to register and they they got to head out to uh, the Dallas area because um, that's where they're staying overnight. Pastrana shows up. <laughs> He's like, screw it, we're going to hang around. <laughs> Whereas David Higgins, him and Craig, they wanted to go study their uh, their video footage for past years like right away. They're like, register, go. It was very different methodologies there, right? <laughs> of course, David, yeah. he's looking for a championship, right? Uh, he's 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 was sitting behind, wanted to make up for that. Whereas Travis, kind of nothing to lose in this one, him and Robbie, uh, but yet, you know, still uh, still on the pace, you know, w- w- whenever they hop in the car. But uh, it was just very interesting observation. Probably a different feel between them since, like you said, David's kind of, I, I don't want to say take it more serious, but he's got more on the line. And so um, for him, this is truly the job and, and truly the work side of it, where um, with this being a one-off, or I think Travis is doing Ojibwe or something else this year, um, pretty much just a fundraise for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's a, you know, they kept saying uh, uh, on the on the stuff we were talking about with the video thing was uh yeah it's kind of his hobby and and that's true it is kind of his hobby in that respect that you know he's not going for the full championship and whatnot what a hell of a hobby to have <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I, and i got to have a fanboy moment because right. i've actually remembered my name so yeah <laughs> yeah that, that's always nice <laughs> but he but he's such a great ambassador for the sport i mean yeah the the amount of time he spends with fan interaction and signing autographs and um, i was just talking with one of my my crew guys about it today actually and and he said that Travis will always take the time to make you feel special as a fan and and that he knows the only reason why he's doing what he does um, is because the people who come to watch him 
And I think there's probably a lot of people like that, but he actually makes people feel that because I too have heard the same thing. And once again, this weekend, uh, I saw that with him, you know, the, the guy's trying to, to, to leave, you know, and, and, um, you know, he still has more fans coming up and he, he doesn't ever loses patience or if he does, you can't tell. And mm-hmm. he just, you know, spends tons of time with everyone and, and makes them feel special. So I think he is a great ambassador to the sport and I'm glad that, uh, rally continues to be his passion. So let's move on to Thursday. Recky, what was Recky like for co-drivers in the driver's seat? What was that perspective like for you to have it to anal- be the one that's analyzing the road instead of the one that's taking the notes for the person analyzing the road? <laughs> well, I would say um, for me anyway, it, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, I was nervous because uh, I, you know, obviously I'm always in the other seat and and didn't know how that was going to go. And it's a lot of driving and um, you know, so I, I had some nerves going into it, but, you know, I, I got on the roads and, and maybe for me, it's because, you know, this was my 11th time at this event and the roads, even though they've changed in those 11 times, a lot of the, the, the basic ones, you know, the, the roads are stay the same, you know, you're always going to do Mary Hill and you're always going to do certain roads. So, so from that perspective, it was really nice to have the familiarity of the roads, I had a great co-driver with Matt James. I, I was so fortunate that, you know, my first event, I had a seasoned co-driver, professional co-driver. You know, we had a great time and fun. But in addition, you know, he, he's very good at what he does. So I never had to worry about the other side of that, you know, of the car, you know, and what's going on. He just had it and made me feel, you know, comfortable from, from the get-go which I think made a huge difference. And then, you know, as we were, you know, racing on those notes, I was pleasantly surprised, you know, that, that I got it right, so to speak, you know, they, they turned out to be, you know, um, good notes, at least, at least for me, um, and my ability. So I didn't have any major, I gotchas or anything like that and was pretty, pretty happy with it. So Preston, what'd you think? You know, I, I took a similar approach with you for getting a co-driver. You know, Al- Allison LaRosa hopped in the seat with me, and and she's a longtime teammate when she used to race with her dad. And, and we always had so much fun as teammates. And so um, when I was deciding to do this and looking for a co-driver, she was the first call I made just because she has experience with writing her own notes because I did write my notes from scratch for this event. Um, and so I wanted someone with experience there and, and – uh, able to just kind of hand it off to her and say, all right, you plan recce and, and you plan our schedule and everything like that. So, um, as far as writing my notes go, it, it went smoothly. You know, I, I was very happy about that. I, I took the time and, and of course, uh, taped up the steering wheel and, and she was actually double checking on the first, um, at least stage, I think, to make sure that I wasn't calling a, a, three in the gym was a five or anything like that, but, um, they were pretty much spot on and, and I was happy with the way that they flowed and, and worked once it did come time to race it. Um, you know, I, I still practice kind of what Cam and I do. So there's still a lot of slowing and a lot of breakings in in places, which, um, I, I think certainly helped me come race time because it made it that much easier to, trust the notes and get into certain sections and know that I really don't have to slow down until I gave myself that note. And of course, Allison's calling it for me. Well, that's really cool. So now, Karen, you did modified Jemba, but now you, and you did your own notes, Preston, but 
she looked at Jemba to kind of just as a double checker. Yeah, yeah, you know, my my notes are a little bit different from Jemba as far as the corner degrees go, um, mm. but they're usually within maybe half a degree. Um, and and I was trying to do a little bit more um, of a pace note versus a kind of Jemba style, which is more based on the degree of the corner. Um, and, and so it was a little bit in between those two, just because that's what I was comfortable with, at least for this event. Um, and, and like Karen said, I, I certainly don't have 11 years under my belt, but I think this was the sixth or the seventh year here. So um, I, I was certainly comfortable with the roads as well. And I think that makes a difference too, Preston. You know, if it had been an event that you or I probably hadn't been to before or maybe, you know, um, not real familiar with the roads probably would have felt a little bit different. But, you know, having that comfort of, you know, recognizing the roads and, okay, so maybe not every corner, but, you know, still you had enough to, to kind of base it on. I didn't want to write my own notes, even though I definitely could have with no problem. I just... You know, it was one less thing I wanted to put on my plate Mm -hmm. from a pressure Mm -hmm. standpoint. And that was the whole reason. So I was more comfortable uh, modifying Jimba uh, for the first time because for me, I didn't want to miss something, you know, kind of like Preston, what you're talking about. Um, And in addition, I just felt more comfortable modifying it. You know, next event, I will write them from scratch, but gosh, for this one, there's so much new and (laughs) I just didn't want to (laughs) add, I didn't want to add any more to my brain that was already about to bust from the seam. So, you know, nice. um, yeah. So, so do things, I mean, maybe this is an asinine question or something, but do things like look different from the driver's seat to the co-driver's seat? Yeah, I, I, I would say absolutely, you know, and and Karen can obviously give her input here. But um, one of the big things that I was preparing for, even though I didn't get really any seat time before uh, jumping into this event, but um, was you hear drivers talk a lot about eyes and where your eyes. And so from a co-driver, we're looking at very different things on the road, um, not only in recce, but certainly during the race than you do as a driver. You know, a driver, you want your eyes as far up the road as you can possibly get them. Um, you know, you're, you're looking kind of that corner ahead, if you will. And so, um, I I was worried that I was going to have trouble with adjusting that. Um, But from the very first stage, um, I was looking where I wanted to be. And Mm -hmm. so I I was happy that it adjusted that quickly. Yeah. And that, that was, I had a post-it that I used for the event with a couple of things to remind myself, you know, when you're in the thick of it. And one of them is eyes, Um, you know, and that was something I had practiced before the event as well, because, Preston, just like you said, I mean, as a co-driver, I'm not really, I'm not really looking at the road. Uh, you know, I take a little peek from time to time, but mm-hmm. you're you know, you're, feeling it, right? Yeah, exactly. So it is very different from that standpoint, and the conditions constantly change. So not only am I, you know, looking where I want to go and looking far ahead, I got to also like on Mary Hill, you know, all of a sudden you come into a corner and it's full of dirt and gravel. So I have mm-hmm. to make course corrections, you know, based on the conditions that I all of a sudden see and feel as well. And then I've got a car fighting me, which mm-hmm. as a co-driver, I don't have to deal with. But as a driver, I, I sure do. So uh, got the notes all set. Everything's all ready. Head out to uh, PIR on Friday. All the fanfare, all the crowds start showing up. The cars are all lined up and you're standing there with, with the crowd and you're a driver now. 
what was it like uh, fan interaction wise? I mean, there's 70 plus entries we had. Obviously, you got Travis there, you got David there, you've got McKenna's 15 billion cars that they brought in. <laughs> <laughs> they had all the cars, I swear. But, you know, what was that like for you guys, uh, the different perspective in, in fan interaction, whatnot, being the drivers now? Well, I think for me, it's a little different because it's home event. So I have even, you know, a um, hundred times that because I have, you know, friends and family and, and uh, you know, local companies that are supporting me. I got all of that, you know, on top of it. So uh, plus, I don't know, Preston, what you thought, but I thought there was a lot more people this year as well. So it really felt like there was even more fans than, you know, we, we normally have. Uh, I think PIR was the one thing for me that uh, I probably struggled with the most, to be honest, because, you know, in, we had the the shakedown. I personally had some car issues on shakedown, um, and so that added to the nerves a little bit. Then all the people and trying to get enough time to do a couple of things I needed to do and trying to kind of balance that a little bit. Um, and then, um, you know, going out on the first stage for me anyway, nerves really kicked in. Um, so, you know, I tried not to overthink and I tried not to, to pay attention to the, (laughs) all the people and all the things, but, um, you know, it PIR for me was probably the toughest part of the event. It was the most fun, Mm -hmm. um, most rewarding as well, but you know, there was just, everything came together you know, all at once. And then I broke a half shaft and then I was done. So right. <laughs> you made your one uh, loop. The second loop. <laughs> at least I so made it. it, at least I got to do it, you know, um, went through it once and then I super rallied, but, um, Preston, what'd you think, bud? Well, you know, P- PIR is such a long day. Um, it's, it's kind of one of the strangest feeling days for me in rally in general, uh, just because I tend to be a little bit of an early riser. So I was up at six o'clock or so and and you wake up and you go oh yes it's rally day and then realize you have another 13 hours before you really have to do anything (laughs) Um, and and so you know i was hoping to get some shakedown passes um with the car uh during the press stage or the shakedown stage and we were still putting the car back together so so that did not happen um but uh you know the nice thing is we we had kind of our sister car there um with um a pair of Ryan's driving it, Ryan Booth and Ryan Logan. And so um, it it was their first rally. So I kind of got to give them some coaching and, and kind of had to give them the crash course on, Hey, welcome to rally. This is what you're going to have to do over the next three days. Um, And so I think that was good because it kind of took my mind off of worrying about my car, not being ready to actually run yet. (laughs) Um, And, and, you know, this event is kind of my home away from home event as well. Um, my sister and, and her wife, her uh, girlfriend live in Portland. And so my mom flew up and, and my wife, Sonny was out there and, and we had a few other friends and family out. So, um, you know, it, it was great having them there to, to share this with me just since it was kind of a, a long journey to get to that point of, of actually racing my first race. But, um, the, the one thing I will say is, I didn't really have any nervousness and I don't know why that is. You know, I've been kind of trying to think of it the last few days and, and during the race I thought, okay, I'll get a little bit nervous before recce and, and that didn't really happen. And then I said, okay, you know, I'll probably get nervous Friday morning and, and that didn't happen. And, and as the race went, I, I really never got any butterflies and, and I'll tell you, even as a co-driver, I usually every single event 
the morning of the first day, I usually get some butterflies. So mm-hmm. it it felt weird, and maybe it's just because I didn't have anything to do. I I have no idea. But I'm gonna uh, throw this out there. Yeah. One thing that I notice for me, just as a person, when I'm teaching somebody else something, I become hyper focused, mm-hmm. and I'm not nervous anymore. Sure. So sure, yeah. could it be maybe that process of of uh, the two Ryan's there, you know that kind of diverted any of those stresses and it helps you focus on what you're doing that much more because you're the template right mm-hmm. yeah i don't know just, just throwing that out there because i know that's something for me is in the it world when i'm training my you know my coworker on different things sure i find i'm actually doing that much better at what i do when i'm yeah. showing somebody else than maybe when i'm doing it on my own yeah and and you know i i love teaching and i love training people and so being able to focus my energy towards that uh you're right very well may have kind of taken some of that off of me of course karen um you were in a way you were there was a little bit of extra pressure on you because you made your early morning news appearance and you kind of like became like the local face of the rally in a way didn't you <laughs> uh definitely you know that uh that aired on what day was that mike it was all wait, blur wait, wait, wednesday, wednesday right? morning early Five, yeah, I literally forty in the morning. Were there? <laughs> yeah, Jeez. which by the way, I got to tell you, I'm not a morning person, so I was like terrified I was going to say the wrong you. thing. You were such because, a trooper <laughs> <laughs> because I I don't get going until about ten. But the the funniest part of that story was actually um, that that night we were reprepping the car, you know, after it was on TV, and the neighbor across the street from us opened up the window of their house and yelled. You're on TV. <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, okay, cool. Thanks for letting me know. And they go, no, it's you. And that oh, car. And I go, yeah. yeah. I, I so, was there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw the camera. It's okay. Which, which is great because our neighbors kind of hate me because we make lots of uh, loud sounds. So uh, uh, there you go. It was good. But uh, <laughs> so, yes, that, that was um, that was really cool. And um, I was very thankful to be able to do that and represent the rally and hope more people came because they actually saw something about it on TV and and definitely had a lot of people telling me they saw me on TV or they had questions about the rally or or so forth. So that was really, really fun. I've, I've done it a couple of times before, but to do it as is now owner of a team and it's my own car and I'm the driver was just like the coolest thing ever. So let's see here. Uh, Friday night, Preston, uh, how was it, I guess, for you? Um, you know, Karen, we know we, we, she unfortunately had an issue. Um, was it uh, John Hill and uh, Billy Irvin? They ended up having a mechanical issue as well. Um, but it looks like you made it through okay. Yeah, well, you know, very first stage ever as a driver, um, I might have money shifted along the back straight and put the car into kind of a pseudo limp mode. And, and of course, being paranoid, I went, oh, perfect. I blew it up. So I, <laughs> I got to do a mile and a half of a super special and time to go home. But um, those fiestas, I mean, you, you just beat the crap out of them and they keep coming back. But yeah, I was, I was trying to go from third to fourth gear and just somehow grab second instead at about... Uh, 75 miles an hour so but, uh, but uh, yeah but other than that you know I, I realized it very quickly it was one of those thoughts that as I was releasing the clutch I went wait a second that didn't feel right and uh, and so caught it before it even you know fully went up so uh, just you know basically did it at 70% speed to get to the end of that stage and then did a hard reset and and it was perfectly fine the rest of the weekend all else fails reboot <laughs> Yes, exactly, exactly. 
I'm, I'm sure I floated some vowels, but they went right back into place. <laughs> <laughs> well, my car has a very close uh, gearing, and so I mm. did that a couple, not at that speed, but a couple of times. I'm like, ah, crap, that wasn't third, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the rest of the weekend, fortunately, my mid-shifts were more going from a second to fifth, or or say if I'm downshifting, yeah, grabbing fifth instead of third. Um, but uh, but it, it didn't happen save uh, a couple of times throughout the rest of the weekend so i was happy about that so let's uh move on and talk about saturday um first big real stage right and and it's a long one you start out the morning you're going to go up dal's mountain um the uphill it's uh, karen with you with that uh power <laughs> issue Oof! i can imagine that was a little bit of a challenge for you it was. I mean, plus add that the crew was up until I think they fixed the half shaft um, and got all the, the that fix and buttoned up at about 2 a.m. And uh, I was you know, uh, staying up with them, helping them out where I could as well. I feel too guilty about going to bed, you know. Um, but, you know, they got it buttoned up. And so, you know, we hope that it was fixed. Um, you know, it, it luckily it was had some other uh, alignment and suspension issues, but, you know, it, it was fixed. I'm back in doing that stage, which, you know, the car really struggles, uh, you know, on the uphill and really fast. But, you know, the, the nice thing is that out of all the roads for Oregon Trail Rally, that's the one I know the most. I do a lot of coaching and training of rally teams, and that's a road I use, of course, when it's not rally time and within 90 <laughs> days and all the things. In October, okay? We're talking yeah. October. September, yes. September, okay, um, close enough. Insert a lot of time frame here. Exactly. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I I understand. Um, and they're open roads. And so, we're, you know, so anyway, I know those roads really well, and I think that helped me because I had the comfort of – you know, feeling comfortable with that road, you know, it could, because I had all this other things. Like, for example, I had a quick d disconnect uh, steering wheel. Well, I've never used one of those before, but I can't get in and out of the car uh, because of the roll cage and seat configuration without it. And so now I'm constantly thinking, okay, did I put the steering wheel on straight or is a little cockeyed, which was um, not as easy as I thought. <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, just the, the other, things the the dodge caliber has um, a lot of torque steer which um is makes it a little bit of a handful you know in certain you know conditions as well so um you know it was it was a slow but steady first loop for me nice yeah and and, and a quick hint for you on on the quick release wheel being straight or not what yeah. we do is we take a paint pen and draw a straight line down basically center of the wheel center of the hub to the center of the wheel just that way you can you have a line to line up with oh that would have uh, been great what yeah, a great yeah. idea so so for the future because most of our cars have a blind spline so that you can only put it on a certain way but actually the subaru as a matter of fact is the one that does not have that so we've got uh, a line drawn so that cam can line it up so so that you're not distracted with the wheel being slightly off center um but but that being said you know the dolls mountain it's it's odd because that Cam really does not like that stage, and we've never really been able to pinpoint why. And so I was very interested in racing it myself just to see if maybe I saw 
something he didn't or or something like that so that I could of course pass it on to him and and help us be more successful in the future and and I think for me for that being the first real stage um, that that we get to attack uh, with it being uphill for a majority of the stage it really extends your breaking points you know you can break a lot deeper than you want and so i was able to get some confidence pretty quickly um to to the point i was seeing breaking zones pretty well and and the car was doing what i wanted it to do and and of course having such a low horsepower car and and really a momentum-based car um even on that first stage i was getting pretty brave with with some of the cornering uh just because i was trying to keep as much momentum as i possibly could as i was going up that hill and and i remember after Afterwards, uh, I look over at Allison and she went, oh, okay, well, that was much different and much faster than I kind of expected it to go. So <laughs> awesome. um, I, I think I had her hitting the imaginary break the first couple of times. And and, and one thing, whether it's uh, ill-advised or not, is I never even in never even saw a drop or even thought about it at all. Um, uh. and, and so kind of my mentality was you never want to go off a road and so whether it's uh, just off the edge or or a drop like that um you know you don't want to go off and like i said it's probably ill-advised but that was at least my mental approach to it so so it didn't really bother me at all no i think it it isn't ill-advised i think that's spot on i i'm exactly the same i don't i don't care if it's you know, in a ditch or in water or off a cliff or whatever the scenario is, I don't, mm. I don't want to go off. Uh, and I don't care if it's a driver's side or co-driver's side. It, it's <laughs> just a, I don't want to go off, period. Um, so, yeah, so, same here as far as that goes. Yeah, but, but it really is a fun stage, so Cam's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Now, there you go. now, what did you think of the downhill? Because that, I That's what I was going to get to that a little bit uh, yeah. next because uh... – yeah, that, I mean, the, the experience uphill, that's one thing, but now you guys are going to be going downhill, and that's where, obviously, you know, you, control is a little bit different. Describe to people, though, when you take a road one direction and how different it is, actually, uh, perspective-wise, when you're going the opposite direction. It's it's not the same road, really, is it? No. no. Not... Go, Go ahead, Preston. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so I mean, really, a, a corner is going to be very sh- very differently shaped depending on what direction you're going into. You know, okay, yeah, there's a few corners out there; it's going to look the same front and back. But for the most part, the corners are shaped differently. You know, whether it narrows on the exit or the entry, or vice versa, or you know that it's a little bit better for later apex on one. And so um, you're certainly not going to have the same notes and and not the the same speed going through corners. And and as far as going for the downhill i loved it because uh i i actually felt like the car had power because i had gravity on my side um and so it actually felt like i was really racing the car you know the the struggles that i had throughout the weekend on some of these stages and and boyd loop is another one is that that car it has enough power to certainly race and to have fun but for a race like oregon that there are sections that really are a horsepower battle if you will um it almost turns into you feel like you're driving certain sections just because no matter what, it's going to be flat out. Um, and so once I got to the downhill sections, then, oh, okay, now I've really got to play with braking zones and, and I've got to set the car upright and, and really pay attention to my lines because I am going fast enough that I really do need to brake for a lot of those corners. 
Right. Yeah. You had momentum on your side. It is such a different stage downhill, uh, especially because of, you know, the tight corners um, and you're carrying speed. And so, you know, you have to really think way ahead of, you know, hey, I actually have speed now, you know, (laughs) how am I going to take this corner where before I didn't have enough, you know, uh, speed to, to, to make a huge difference. So, um, I, I heard a lot of people kind of pros and cons, you know, for, for that stage, but, you know, I think I, you know, fall in on your side of it is, um, I liked the stage and I thought it was good because, you know, unlike Boyd, uh, where I had no power, uh, not much I could do, you know, at least with this stage, I had, you know, momentum on my side. Yeah. Yeah. And with the downhill, you know, with both of us having H pattern cars, not, nearly spilled enough to have sequentials yet um you've got to worry about gear selection too so um as you're going downhill it's not only oh i have to slow the car down to make this (laughs) corner it's i have to slow the car down and downshift uh to make it and and you know i got going speed wise maybe a little faster than i expected i think we topped out fourth gear and and we're on the rev limiter for a couple of seconds um which i think in that car is about 95 miles an hour so um the Earl Earl was scooting along, that's for sure. Karen, your car is a little bit bigger, would probably feel a little more stable than that little tiny Fiesta, which kind of gets squirrely when you get up to speed, right? It does, um, but sometimes she feels like a sled as well. So ah. <laughs> there, there is times that you really feel that, that extra weight, because um, we haven't had the car weighed, but I will tell you that it's um, probably one of the heaviest, if not the heaviest, uh, car in the rally, so... You know, um, that's why I said she's big bone. She could stand a little, you know, lose a little bit of weight. But, um, you know, certain stages you feel it more than ever, you know, more than others, especially being front wheel drive. So uh, the other thing I was thinking about is, you know, um, the road sweeping and, you know, the gravel being pushed around different places. You guys are, you know, in, in a class where your cars are a little bit farther back and there's cars in front of you with a different wheelbase or, or a different track, you know, to, to the width of their tires. Did you guys end up having a bunch of loose stuff that you guys were, had to deal with again on that downhill that maybe on the uphill wasn't as much of a big deal? I mean, for me, um, not specific on that stage, but I did have issues on other stages at the rally. The torque steer with the caliber, you know, it is um, even more prevalent when you get out of the groove. Um, so it'll torque steer, you know, and get you out of the groove. And so with some of the stages, you know, it, you really don't want to get out of the groove when you're starting so far back you know, the roads are already getting rutted that we've already done recce on them. You know, not everybody does two pass, but you know, you figure how many times those, those roads have been driven over and then now we're going to race them. There's nothing been done to the roads in between. And so, you know, ruts, um, are definitely my kryptonite in that car. So makes a big difference. Now that specific stage wasn't an issue for me. Well, and and on that note, I do get uh, a little bit of an issue just because the Fiesta tends to be narrower than most cars. And so it's actually difficult for me to even stay in the rut sometimes. Um, Half in, half out kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. And and there was, uh, you know, I'm getting ahead of us, but uh, on Starvout specifically, uh, once some ruts had formed, uh, the the car was kind of jumping back and forth in between them. But um, as, as far as Dolls Mountain... Specifically, you know, up and down, uh, there's some pretty clear lines, uh, at, at least by the time I got to them, uh, but not necessarily the lines that I wanted, uh, which which probably sounds a bit 
odd. But um, one thing I really liked is I've been watching some of the in-car the last couple of days of the race. And and one thing that I really wanted to focus on while with this drive was taking appropriate lines and setting the car up appropriately and, and so that I can attack the corner the best I can. And back to that, you know, the drops that I think some people were a little nervous about that. Um, you saw a lot of lines back towards our end of, of the field that were really just hugging the corner. And yeah. of course, that's not the optimal line for that. <laughs> and, right. uh, and so I find myself kind of out in some of the loose gravel, but there were tire tracks where I was, um, but not nearly as swept as, say, the inside of, of the corner early on, um, early before the apex. Actually, that makes me, you know, question. I mean, I think I've heard this once before, but just kind of confirming with you guys that sometimes what's not necessarily the optimal line for the corner, but getting in that groove that's already there will give you more traction, actually be the faster route than mm -hmm. following the natural apex. Yeah, yeah, certainly on the uphill for me, just because yeah, if I get wheel spin, then I really can't accelerate through it. Right. But on the downhill, I could kind of take those more optimal lines just because I, I was worrying less about accelerating out of the corner and more about carrying that momentum. Same for me as well. Uh, it's basically the same concept. So I applied, you know, kind of that same thought process, you know, getting through both directions. So let's talk about Mary Hill Loops Road. Did you both have uh, tarmac tires changed to, or did you both stick with uh, scrubbed uh, gravel rally tires? Well, for me, I didn't have much of a choice. I had a whopping six tires for the event, and uh, they were uh, former teammates' tires from 2014. So um, they were, um, you know, a little bit on the used side. Um, I didn't go out and buy tarmac tires because... You know, with PIR being less and less tarmac and Mary Hill being so far back, I knew there would be tons of gravel and dirt, which there always is. I didn't feel that the extra money to buy tarmac tires was really going to get me much. Um, and I think maybe because my tires were so used, you know, that that actually kind of was uh, a, a benefit for me because, um, you know, they they were nicely scrubbed in. But uh um, you know, and as I came into the corners, you know, I had a spin on Mary Hill, which scared the bejesus Oops. out of me <laughs> and Matt probably a bit too. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think tarmac would have made any difference on that. And, and I had the amazing same foresight as Karen in that I didn't have any tarmac tires either. <laughs> um, you know, we, we had a set of tarmac tires that we ended up putting on the rental car. Um, and, and just kind of our approach this weekend is, okay, I'm out there having fun. But um, but uh, he is, of course, paying for the seats, and, and we want to make sure he's taken care of. So we gave him kind of the, the pick of the litter for the tires. And and uh, so I, I was on just scrub gravels for both loops and and uh, arguably maybe the better choice, I don't know. Um, but uh, Ryan, again, the guy who rented from us, he ran tarmac tires the first run through, and then he actually kept the gravels on the second time through. Um, and I think he he felt a little more confident in that run just since at that point. I mean, there was so much gravel taken mm, on the yeah. road. I've, I've never seen it that bad. Uh, I haven't either, <laughs> by the way. And I'm wondering if it's because, you know, in the past they've had hay bales right. and mm -hmm. uh, other, you know, things there to keep people from cutting corners this year right. they had nothing and so it was you know my spin was i came around the corner and all of a sudden i went from tarmac to dirt to gravel to tarmac to dirt 
and the car said uh no (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i i I had a a full opposite lock moment up near the top that was pretty Mm -hmm. similar that coming around a long corner and i'm at the point where i know the corner is starting to open up so i can start accelerating out of it and uh it it went from kind of dirt which i had some grip on with the gravel tires to just loose gravel on the road and so uh car just swung around and and fortunately i didn't actually have a spin but it was full opposite lock and i thought for sure we were at least going to have a half spin yeah we we actually spun to the right i collected it mm. and then it spun to the left and i collected that and we yeah. literally sat there for a couple seconds i said okay give me a minute <laughs> 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 it's, like, it's like okay yeah, um, yeah i teach i teach at a teen uh, defensive driving course breaks and we have a uh, activity called skid car and it's teaching teens um you know uh oversteer and understeer and i've taught that uh, exercise a bunch and I really believe that that's what saved us from going off the cliff uh, because you know a I didn't panic b you just it was just muscle memory um, and being able to, to to control it so I I thanked my uh, fellow brakes folks for for uh, you know that because um, I definitely feel like that made the that made the big difference but yeah wow how much dirt and gravel was on that road and I feel thankful and sad at the same time of the folks that had to clean it up because yeah, it, I can only job. imagine what the cleanup was like this year compared to prior yeah, years. It was, um, I, I think you can blame Barry McKenna for a good portion of that. If you ever saw what he did on his run, it, he kept one tire in the dirt the whole way. I think um, I was going to say him <laughs> taking deep cuts. I can't believe that. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Shocking. Um, you know, he was, he was trying to battle back after Lewin losing what his entire, wheel assembly everything yeah. <laughs> from friday i, I think you yeah you ripped the whole corner off the so whole it, corner. Was hubs, it was suspension brakes and everything sure. yeah exactly <laughs> completely gone it was hilarious uh, hilarious because he was able to make his way back so um, yes <laughs> uh, anyways um yeah he flew that but still I, that must have been pretty cool though that road you guys got to take it at speed i mean those the banking and stuff in that when it's not too polluted in some of those spots, I guess. Um, although it, it was pretty bad, especially I think on the second run for you guys. Uh, that, that is such an amazing piece of tarmac, though. It is, and you know the, the I don't love it as a driver. I'll just be completely honest. Um, That's fair. But what the way I love it is for the fans, because you know my crew and a bunch of friends and family, everybody was on top of the hill, watching from down below. The fans being able to go up there and see everybody racing, and you can almost see basically the whole course. Almost, I think that's, yeah. I think that's what makes Mary Hill um, that stage really special, um, and makes people keep coming back because of you know just is so fan friendly. So that's the thing I think for me anyway. I'm most thankful for is just the ability for people to to actually you know see a whole stage of racing because for the average rally fan. You see one corner, maybe two, mm-hmm. you know, and yep. so the experience isn't quite the same. So I think that's kind of the coolest part of, of that stage, at least for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Karen, there. You know, for the fan and the spectacle part of it, it's it's huge, you know, to be able to see that much. And, and from a driver perspective, um, you know, I, I certainly had fun on the stage, and I knew there was going to be a lot of gravel on the road, maybe not that much, but... Um, <laughs> 
but uh, so I kind of went in with a mindset and and had already kind of planned to take my lines a little bit differently, um, you know, really be really really late on the apex for everything, just so that I can take the big cuts that everyone else had been taking, uh, and and really straighten those corners out as much as you could late. Um, and and so I th- I think I enjoyed it just because it was such a different challenge than everything else we had uh, for the race. Um, but again, it's just with that steep of an uphill, I think I, I spent most of my time top of second gear, which, um, <laughs> Hey, racing is racing, but, right. uh, you know, there gets to be a point where I, I write stage descriptions and, and same thing with cam for every stage that we write. And, and I think my stage description for this one is, uh, pretend like you're a race car driver and this is going to be a couple of twos and threes or something like that. So, <laughs> So, so what was the uh, the weather like there? Because uh, the only pictures that I have seen so far, I've seen deep blue skies and sunshine. So it must have been pretty hot out there. I would say that the uh, word of the day on Saturday was hot. You know, it wasn't supposed to be that hot. I thought originally I saw it was supposed to be eighty. My car at one time said eighty-eight. I changed my third. I changed my shirt three different times because it was so hot. Um, you know, so I don't remember an Oregon for a long time. We've had hot ones, but hasn't been that hot, uh, in a while. So, uh, Preston, I assume you left the air conditioning in your car though. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it was great. (laughs) Um, well, 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 you figure we're over a month later than we usually are for the race, and I think that yeah. certainly played into it. But um, after just coming from Ohio, which was probably the most uh, brutal race that I have ever competed in from a temperature standpoint, because in Ohio it was into the mid-90s and near 100% humidity. Ooh, uh, yuck. Oregon oh, felt yeah, like we, a we don't, we don't do that. We don't do humidity here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, God. And in Colorado, we're very very arid climate as well so right. um i can handle dry heat it's it's when the humidity gets involved that it feels so different but right. uh, it it was certainly hot in the car but um you know there was never a point where um i felt like i was getting overheated or or anything like that but uh, you certainly you certainly felt the heat by the end of some of those longer stages coming up to the to the end of that first day um karen has a little bit of a story of uh, dodging wildlife Oh jeez. Oh yeah, that was the last stage. So here I am. I've, Oak flat, I've, right? Yeah, Oak flat. I've I've made it to the last stage of the day. You know, limp the car through, making it through last couple of corners. Come around this corner, and I just see something just out of just out of the side of my eyesight, just a little bit. I I get my left foot just over the brake, and in that just millisecond, big huge buck runs across right and runs right in the middle of the road. <laughs> I let out a couple of words that I can't really tell you about. <laughs> and in that moment, he jumped and went to the other side. So it was so close. I mean, I'm surprised that we didn't, you know, just nip him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Matt, Matt James says, wow, that was close. And I said, it sure was. Because <laughs> there's nothing I could have done. I, yeah. I, I couldn't have stopped in time. It would have hit him. It would have been, you know, probably pretty catastrophic. But uh, it was an exciting ending to an already exciting day. <laughs> 
Oh, geez. Well, you might be able to thank me for, for that deer that you had. I might have scared him out of the woods that I went into. But, oh. uh... Uh-oh. <laughs> it's your fault, Preston. Thanks, Preston. Yes, there you go. Blame me. <laughs> Bl- always blame the co-driver. And I, that has to be one of us. Right? Exactly. <laughs> but, you got uh, four no... to choose from now. So. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I went into the final stage and I was, you know, ramping up speed throughout the day, feeling more and more confident with the car. And and uh, about halfway through the stage, it's a relatively long straight into uh, I had it noted as a, I think a left three long or or something along those lines, and uh, just kind of outbroke myself. And the exit of the corner was a little bit looser than I expected. And so it just kind of pushed me wide, and and uh, I saw that we were going off the road, so I just got the car rotated so that I went back end off first and um, ended up just like half of the car off of the road. And so I was actually worried that um, I was going to be high-centered. You know, again, yeah. front-wheel drive car, it's hard to get those back on the road sometimes. But um, mm-hmm. put it into first gear. I was proud I didn't even stall the car, so uh, just – put the foot in it and spun the wheels and got myself back on the road. And I mean, all in all, probably only lost 10, 15 seconds. Yeah. That, you know, you're, you're kind of pushing the car, if you will, from the inside. And, and so, uh, it ended up being no harm, no foul. I may have scratched the window up a little bit because, uh, a barbed wire fence may have been what helped keep us on the road, but, uh, <laughs> but all, all said and done, you know, really no damage. And, and, uh, it, that was the only incident I had the whole weekend, which I was thankful for. So I, I found the limit of that one corner and decided, okay, that was good. Let's just dial it back a little bit from there and, and then spent the rest of the weekend there. And you scared my deer out of the forest. Yes, and I scared the deer out of the forest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yes. Well, well, after Ohio, you know, we ended up being the first car on the road in Ohio, and that was a new experience because we saw, oh, gosh, I think the last day was three deer. We hit a turkey, Ooh. and Ooh. Uh, and we actually, we just started getting the Subaru apart to reprep it for Idaho in the coming weeks and took the skid play out. And it turns out we actually hit a bird at some point and it got wedged in between the exhaust manifold and, uh, and the skid plate. So, so there yeah, you go. So, so Danny, our crew member had a nice lunch to have while he was uh, watching the car. <laughs> nice. <Jeez>. Pre-cooked. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so wildlife is something that always scares me because that's something you have zero control over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've had it happen so many times as a co-driver. You know, deer that have run down the hill, you just miss it or start to run, and they make it to the edge of the road and come back. And and I remember uh, five six years ago, we had a black bear. Actually, oh, we didn't oh, see it, but the car behind us. You know, it was one of those where you can see the other car at, you know, a certain part in the road and they saw a deer, I mean, a bear following us. So, you know, know, there's, there's just crazy things you see, but you know, I mean, that's one of the cool things about rally is just, you know, the unpredictability and, and, uh, some of the stuff you're really happy that you have a co-driver because they, who would, who would share those experiences with you? Right. Yeah. You'd be telling the story and everyone's like, no, no, no. Last year, the year before, um, we saw a couple of wolves on recce and I didn't believe what we were seeing. Cause you know, they're a little ways off as we're coming up to them. And I go, man, those are big dogs. And then we get up and I go, Oh yeah, those, those are not dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like when on the shakedown stage on the last, ride I gave somebody the car went into limp mode and uh 
and I brought it to, you know, service and told the team and, you know, crew chief went out and drove it, came back, says car's fine. Oh, jeez. Like, oh, Jesus. Like when you go to the car dealership and you're right. telling them there's something wrong oh. with the car and they go, oh, yeah, we can't get it to do it. Well, that was my moment. <laughs> so I was like, have you met this person? They were with me. They will vouch for me. I right. swear to God. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> hmm. Oh, man. Uh, well, I do have to actually say something really quick about uh, about the shakedown press stage thing is um, I got my parents to come up to the rally for the first time. And um, they my, it was really cool because my dad, he's uh, he had his lung transplant a year ago. Right. And it was actually at Oregon Trail that uh, Friday night last year of Oregon Trail is when they got the call that he was going in and there was a donor. Yeah, I remember and, that. Yeah. You know, high stress moment for me, but at the same time, it was a good distraction, especially being around so many friends that are involved in rally and they're kind of my extended family and, mm. and huge support network there. And, you know, he, he came through with flying colors and he's doing so well now he got to go for a ride in a car and he actually got to ri- ride with Dave Wallingford, who a year ago had, you know, broke his back and had to learn to walk again. So it was kind of a, you know, some parody there, I guess, and, uh, yeah. some struggles in uh, in, in health and whatnot. And, uh, and he got to go for a ride on that uh, press stage, and ah, the grin on his face, and it was just sure. really, really cool. Well, and those are memories that you really never forget. And and you know, I I of course met them at Park Exposé when I was supposed to be in the drivers' meeting. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you know, he was still smiling, and and you could just tell that uh, being able to to be a part of what you were so involved in is is such a great experience for them. So um, it, it was really neat to see see both of your parents there, and and obviously especially your dad. Yeah, my mom's totally hooked. She's like, oh, man, so uh, we're going to come next year, and we're going to make sandwiches for people and all this stuff. Like, hey, put me on Once a mom, list. always a mom. You yes. know? Yeah, She's awesome. well, and you had your wife there, too. I mean, it was yep. great to Allison meet your parents, and your wife was there. And that's the that's the neat thing about Rally is just it really is a, a family affair. And, you know, and, and like Preston, like you said, it's nice to, for our families to see – what we do up close and personal, you know, because we talk about it all the time and, and they kind of understand, kind of don't understand, but being there, then they kind of put it all together and and that's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's been slow to set the hook, but uh, now that they've seen it in person, like, okay, now we understand, we get it. (laughs) You know, my, my wife puts up with me going to the races and and she's so supportive and, and uh, she's been to a fair number of them at this point, but I I don't think there's going to be any hooking her, but uh, you know, she, she knows enough to be dangerous. She actually grew up in a car household, so um, she knows more than she lets on, but uh, it's always great having her there. Yeah. And I'm lucky because that's how I met my husband is through rallying. And so that's the passion. You know, we have many passions that we share, but that's the big one. And so I'm just so fortunate and thankful every single day that, you know, what I love to do is also what he loves to do. So whether we're racing together or he's a crew chief on a team I'm on or he's building a car or what have you, I think that that makes it um, work, you know, for me. Um, and, um, so fortunate because, you know, we do share that same, that same passion. So Ian, uh, you were going to ask them about, uh, co-driving. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So, so we got kind of sidetracked. We were talking about about, there, there is no linear path with this stuff, right? You know, I'm trying to talk about different things, but yeah, yeah, you know, it's just, 
people having a beer and having a chat. There you go. Yeah, yes, yeah. so that reminds me. I need It's a virtual beer. pub. <laughs> yes. <laughs> virtual nice. rally pub. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're, we're halfway through. Half, we're halfway through the event now. We got to Saturday night, and it's like, so have you have you managed to leave the co-drivers to do their job, or have have you have you ever have you felt the need? To interfere, well, I'm not going to say interfere, but to like, um, have you been been able to lead the truck, the co-driver, to, to do what you're used to doing? It was funny. Um, that's probably the number one question I got asked um, through the event. Oh yeah, um, me too. And Matt as well. <laughs> oh god, and there was me thinking I asked something original. Oh well. Oh no no no, it's totally original. Totally original. It's a logical <laughs> question, <laughs> but it's a logical. That was my point. It's a very logical question because you know we've been doing as long as Preston and I have. I mean, you know, there there it's definitely a it's definitely a good question. You know, for me, um, I really owed it to Matt to not do anything co-driving wise. And I will say, of course, it's hard because I'm, you know, a few days before event, like I know what I would be doing. Right. And it's like, you feel like you should be doing something. Yeah. That was a weird I, feeling. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what am I missing? And what is this? And what, you know what I mean? He had everything totally. He's a pro. He, he's got it all done. Moving by him, all that, but I can't help, but you know, like, okay, well, yeah. yeah where do I put my hands? You know, you know, it's like, well, what am I supposed <laughs> yeah. to be doing? Um, and that's probably the only thing I really struggled with. Like I totally, I did not check his math. I did not check his time card. I didn't, you know, double check any of his things. I know he's a pro he's got it going on. I didn't, I didn't worry about it, but I would say that for me, it's little things like, what do I carry my stuff in? Like I got my co-driver bag, but you know, like I don't really have any stuff. You know, and it, it's it's funky things like that of, you know, what do I take with me now? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm used to, OK, I got my rally watch. I got my movement plan. I got, you know, my my notes. <laughs> and it's like I got my steering wheel. I mean, you know, <laughs> and your gloves. <laughs> which is really important when it's <laughs> taken out of the car. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that was probably at least like for me, that was really the only thing I struggled with. And I mean, I literally gave my rally watch and just said dude, it's on you. So, um, I, I didn't, I didn't want to worry about it cause gosh, you know, I had too much other things to worry about. So I feel really thankful, uh, in that regard that he just let me focus on what I needed to, which is keep the car on the road and finish my first event. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think my situation is a little bit more unique, um, because from the driver's standpoint, Allison handled everything for us, you know, same, same as Matt. Um, she's been doing this for a while and she knows what she's doing. And so when we went into this, I said, you know, Allison, I want you to do everything that you're going to do for any driver. Um, and if I try and interject too much, just tell me to shut up and I'll be on my way. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, uh, but at the same time, I, I still had the team to manage, um, uh -huh. You know, we, yeah. we had the rental car, and so I, I still had to, to book all the travel and put the movement schedule together and kind of worry about that. But um, to my team's credit, I also told them, hey, I would really like come Wednesday night, Thursday morning. It's on you guys. And um, and that's kind of how it goes most races anyways, uh, just because I tell them, you know, come come that time of the day. I've got co-driving to worry about. But um, but even more so on the driver 
uh, side. They they really did a killer job taking care of both cars to the point that I didn't have to worry about them and I didn't have to worry about Allison. So I spent most of the week not knowing what to do. Um, I, I mean, for example, we finished Recce and uh, watched a couple of videos of, of stages I just wanted to, to see a little bit more. And then I had nothing to do. So my sister <laughs> called me and said, hey, I know you're usually busy this week. Do you want to grab dinner? And I said, absolutely. Because I'm going <laughs> to so, it's such uh, a weird feeling, isn't it? Oh my gosh, it was odd. So I did so, that. I went for a long run Friday morning. I mean, I, I did as much as I could to to kind of prevent idle hands, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it was a much different feeling. And and like Karen said, you have nothing to put your stuff in, which is a problem I never thought I was going to have. <laughs> right. And, uh, and so I had to figure that out. And and even to the point when I packed my suitcase, you know, I've got my kind of routine. Uh, come rally weekend, I pack my co-driver bag and I put. Yeah. This, this, and that, my co-driver bag, mm-hmm. and I didn't do this this time. And, uh, and of course, what is the, the one very big difference in the outfits for a driver and a co-driver is driving gloves. And, and guess shoes. What? I did not – well, I always wear shoes, but that's because I'm weird. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I did not put – my gloves in my suitcase. Oh, oh. So I had to send one of my crew guys to the house because they flew out the day after me. So he, wow. he had to swing by so I could have driving gloves for the weekend, which, Ed, thank you very much for doing that. I appreciate it. Um, and I but, remembered yeah. the gloves, but the shoes, you know, the shoes I wear for co-driving uh, do not work with the pedals and the caliber. Sure. So, so I had to, uh, you know, get different shoes that would be more, you know, more appropriate because, you know, from a co-driver, perspective we 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 don't want you know slick bottom or or we want some traction on it so it was something i didn't think about so what i pretty much heard from both of you guys though is that boy drivers have it easy oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) i I, maybe i don't realize how much i spoil cam but The tables are going to turn now. Then no, no, my my <laughs> proper job for still him to on do the right between, side. I think. Yeah. Hey, I usually send him grocery shopping to go get stuff for recce, or <laughs> there <laughs> you I, go. I give him little chores to keep him busy. Nice, nice. Well, this seemed like as good a place as any to end this week's rallycast. We'll be back with episode two of the Adventures of the Oregon Trail later in the week, and we'll include. Ian's Adventures from Headwaters in that episode. Remember, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Please give us a like and a share. Subscribe, tell a friend, all that usual stuff. I'm your host, Mike Shaw. Thanks for listening, and keep it shiny side up. (laughs) 